You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is the 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 757 at 6, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I'm Tim Donnelly, Robbie Vogler here, pushing the buttons, keeping us up and running. ODU basketball plays third men's basketball plays Thursday women's basketball tomorrow tomorrow at three correct got to keep all my ODU basketball schedule straight so because of that uh, tomorrow's Tim Donnelly show will obviously start significantly late because right here on priority auto sports radio 94.1 we will have the ODU women's basketball game broadcast starting at 2 30 game starting at three so uh, we're going to dive into some some ODU basketball, specifically the uh, the all conference, the all Sun Belt teams uh, released on Monday afternoon. That's yesterday uh, for the men. But first, uh, a bit of of ODU related history is going up for auction. I know Robbie saw it because I tweeted it out earlier. Uh, just a couple minutes ago, across my Twitter feed comes the scorecard of Tiger Woods. Pro debut, so it was the Saturday of his very first tournament. Tiger Woods is is obviously Tiger Woods. You know who Tiger Woods is. Uh, in his pro debut at the 1996 Greater Milwaukee Open on the Saturday round. So he made the cut in his first, first uh, pro tournament. Saturday, he hits a hole-in-one. Right? I mean, that's that's Tiger, right? He, right from the beginning, he, he makes a hole-in-one. Um and the scorecard from that game or that round is going up for auction. It's it's up for auction right now. You can follow me on Twitter at Donnelly Sports, D O N N E L L Y S P O R T S. Um, all of our social media brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. But I retweeted out the actual auction. Uh, the auction ends Sunday, March fifth, at ten p.m. Now, you may be sitting there saying, "How in the world does this relate to ODU?" Well. In golf, if you're unfamiliar, competitive golf, uh, your playing partner has to sign your scorecard, right? So they're, they're, you, whoever you're playing with has to basically corroborate your your story. This is what I got. This is what I said I got. Okay, I sign it, and that's like to prevent cheating, right? It's an honors game. Referees can't watch everything. Uh, so on this scorecard, there are two signatures. The person that scored, the, the, the person who scorecard it is, and their playing partner. So on this one that is up for auction, the official PGA used scorecard of Tiger Woods' third ever professional round, including his first PGA Tour hole-in-one, has two signatures. One, Tiger Woods. That makes sense. The other, ODU men's golf legend Joe Daly. Just so happened to be playing with Tiger Woods. I mean, I don't. He might have called him Eldrick. I don't even know if he was Tiger Woods yet. I mean, I know he he was a pretty pretty good amateur and multiple time national champion, all that kind of stuff. But but Joe Daly, his signature is there. So so you know, ODU boosters, ODU athletics, ODU somebody. If you're listening. When we go do our broadcasts live from from uh, the arena out there, right, Chartway Arena, 
and and we're leading up to a basketball game. They they put us in in a little nook in the lobby, which is amongst the Hall of Fame stuff. And actually, I can tell you, there's a, there's already a Joe Daly club that is in one of the shadow boxes. There's also obviously like a ton with Nancy Lieberman and and Taylor Heineke and Kent Bazemore and Verlander, right? They have all this memorabilia. Wouldn't it be cool if you had a a display that said 1996 Greater Milwaukee Open Joe Daly autograph and then in the description it just so happened to say Joe was at this point in time playing along with Tiger Woods and Tiger Woods hit, hit a hole in one but that's not the reason why it is in our display it is because it is Joe Daly's autograph and then put it next to the club from Joe Daly's time at ODU I think that could work out well I don't know how much it's going to go for at the auction did you see how much it's at right now uh it's it's pretty pretty pricey eleven thousand six hundred and ninety three dollars steel I mean it probably is a steal I agree but if you're just going to put it in a hall of fame I mean, ODU's got it, right? Everyone buys tickets to the games. What is that? Concessions money? 11000 Right? College, college. It's big business, right? And we're connected to wood. We can drop a line. Yeah, we'll, we'll make a suggestion here. Again, I mean, it's unfortunate that Tiger Woods is also on there. You'd be buying it for the Joe Daly autograph. It's it's I mean that the, the Tiger Woods thing's probably driving the price up a little bit, but I mean if you remove Tiger, what are you looking at? Eleven grand? Still it'd still be up there. It's it's really all about the the ODU monarch legend Joe Daly. Still, it's pretty cool. Like that's a that's a good story for Joe Daly, at least. Tiger Woods first pro tournament makes a hole in one. You just happen to be the guy walking down the fairway with him. I wonder if he was giving him advice. Hey Tiger, here's what you want to do. Oh, you made it. Look, you listened to good advice. Uh, this is the 757 at 6 here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. A little fun story just to get us started. But uh, uh, let's let's look at ODU men's basketball. Uh, like I said earlier, ODU plays Thursday. Uh, they face the winner of Texas State versus Georgia State, which will be played tonight at 830. Um, that will not be on 94.1, but you can follow along and, and find the streams and all that sort of thing if you want to know who ODU is playing. Uh, the winner of Texas State and Georgia State as part of the Sun Belt Conference Tournament. Georgia State. They'll be playing Georgia State. Oh, there you won? Yes, Georgia State played earlier today. Oh, I thought it was later tonight. Nope. I must have misread the time. Uh, so Georgia State is who ODU will be playing on Thursday um, at 6. So the broadcast will start at 5.30. Do I have that right? Wait, I'm, I'm confused. That, that's my bad. That that was ODU women's play okay, Georgia we'll State about tomorrow. Okay, So they could both play Georgia State. Potentially, yes. All right, you came in confidence. So I was like, oh, I, I must did. have read it You're wrong. You're right. Uh, I believe, now that we're like the bad news bears here, uh, I believe Texas State, Georgia State men's basketball will be playing tonight at 8.30. Correct. Correct. And the winner of that will face ODU at 6 o'clock on Thursday. Correct. And the ODU women tomorrow at 3 are playing against Georgia State. Correct. Broadcast will start at 2.30. There we go. And you can catch the women's ODU game against Georgia State right here on 94.1. Yep. Broadcast at 2.30. And you can catch the men's against either Texas State or Georgia State on Thursday. Broadcast starts at 5.30. Game starts at 6. Boom. You got me confused with the Georgia State. I just... I, I'm, hey, I, I'm as easily confused as anybody. 
Uh, so with that being said, uh, I want to dive in a bit to the the all-conference awards and teams that were released on the men's side on Monday. Um, ODU finished sixth. They're, they're the sixth seed in the conference. They have one representative on any of the all-conference teams, any of the award winners, and it's Chauncey Jenkins, uh, who is a third-team all-Sun Belt selection. Part of me wants to say that ODU has to like earn their way into the Sun Belt and they're not going to get the voters' respect until they they establish themselves in this new conference, they're a new team. But it's hard to have that be part of the conversation when the player of the year, the newcomer of the year, the freshman of the year, the sixth man of the year, and the coach of the year all came from teams that are new to the Sun Belt this year. Marshall's represented. James Madison's represented. Southern Miss is represented, and and so it's like you know what they. I don't think they hold it against teams that they're they're new to the conference. They they just did not feel, or the voters did not choose to put ODU in the 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 top of their their ballots. That's interesting to me. Part of it, I do think we can we can kind of uh, throw out there the narrative. Right, the two biggest wins of ODU season were the two last games of the year. Um, they finished on a streak, winning eight of ten, uh, nine of eleven, so or nine of twelve. So, so the kind of first impressions were already made, and and maybe that's why ODU didn't get the love that you would expect uh, on some all conference teams. Um, but it's also give credit to Chauncey Jenkins. I thought it was very interesting that he was the one that was able to work his way onto the all-conference teams for the simple reason of the guy really wasn't a starter he started 16 of the 30 games he appeared in but most of them came after ODU started dealing with injuries as the season went along he really wasn't a starter earlier in the year even though he was coming off the bench and turning in big stats a lot of times when you get to the the balloting at the end of the year it's it's more difficult unless you're going for something like sixth man of the year where you literally have to come off the bench. Uh, it's more difficult to to garner awards because it's like, oh, even their own coach didn't think he was a starter? Man, nope. Um, but he led the team in points, just under 14 a game. Led the team in assists at, at just under three a game. Uh, sixth in the team in rebounds at 3.4. So that's, that's a pretty good season there uh, from Chauncey Jenkins, especially when you consider, like I said, he only started in 16 of the 30 games that he appeared in. He's a Wichita State transfer. That's the kind of immediate impact you're looking for when you bring a player in as a transfer. He was one of the seven new faces on the roster for ODU this year, and and now you'd consider him a leader of the program, along with a few others, right? And and, and don't get me wrong, there are a few others, um, but you know he's the one with the resume, right? He's now the one with the All Conference selection. And I want to, I, I'm going to do my best not to use the word only. Uh, it, it's a third team All Conference selection, but. Those things matter more than you think, right? It, it, in an off-season workout or in a training room situation or in a, hey, guys, we need to lock in here and focus situation, subconsciously you do know, like, oh, that guy, right? he's a player of the week. He's a player of this. He's an all-conference selection. I should listen. And maybe not his peers, right? Maybe not the the other upperclassmen, but if you're a freshman or if you, you're one of the younger guys, you do look to the ones – that have had the success for leadership, right? There's very rare, and, and it usually means a ton about the character of the person. If you have a player who's not one of the best players on the team, that's like a captain or a a, a leader. 
traditionally it's the people that are very good and you just hope that they're also <laughs> good workers and and they're the leaders of the team so chauncey jenkins uh all conference third team all sunbelt third team congratulations first of all but second of all with great accolades comes great responsibility lead your team into the sunbelt conference tournament on thursday uh as as you know you as the guy that that everyone's going to be looking to along with a few others makai long amongst them Again, not discrediting anyone else, just crediting uh, Chauncey Jenkins. With that being said, they're going into the Sunbelt Tournament. Norfolk State, they have one more game before they go into the MEAC Tournament playing Howard, uh, but uh, a brutal loss, really tough loss, emotional up-and-down loss in overtime to North Carolina Central that I want to dive into coming up next. Stick around. The 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 757 at 6, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN Radio 941. Follow me at Donnelly Sports. That's D O N N E L L Y S P O R T S. All of our social media is brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. Thank you for the support. That's our new Instagram notification. Well, follow us on Instagram. At Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. And on Instagram, you do need the point, the period between the 94 and the 1. So Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 on uh, Instagram. And on Twitter. uh, Instagram. TikTok. Hey, did you see my TikTok? Here we go. Uh, all right. It's the 757 and 6. Let's move along. Getting a little crazy on a Tuesday. Uh, again, programming. That's okay. Thank you. Uh, again, programming note tomorrow, 3 o'clock, ODU women's basketball taking on Georgia State. That is a part of the Sunbelt Tournament, and you can hear it right here on 94.1. On Thursday, uh, the men take on the winner of Georgia State and Texas State, which is being played later tonight. So ODU uh, will be on 94.1, the women and the men, each of the next two days. Um, so keep a, keep us locked and loaded and, and premiering right here. And then tomorrow during the at 6.15, we got Xavier at Providence. Xavier right at Providence here. at 6.15. So uh, it'll it'll be a, a full couple of days of college basketball, which is what you want because tomorrow is also the first day of March. Thus madness of college basketball should ensue. Um, so So again, just lock it. Take your, your dial, put it on 94.1 FM, and don't touch it for the next couple of months, which is what you should always do. Um, Norfolk State is hoping to participate in the madness, the big dance, for the third consecutive year of men's uh, on the men's side. They had won the MEAC each of the last two years. Uh, they lost to North Carolina Central in a wild game now the the effects of that are they fall out of a tie for first place in in the MEAC and it's now to the point where um you know that that makes it so they don't own their own destiny uh, as far as seeding in the MEAC tournament oh wait they they might because they're playing Howard right so they they I don't know how the tiebreakers would break if they beat Howard but it, it basically makes that that final game much more important at the minimum and makes it so it doesn't matter the, the worst I don't know how the tiebreakers all break. But I want to go back to this North Carolina Central game. They lost 76-75 in overtime. That is a brutal loss. That is an emotional loss. That is an exhausting loss. But 
when you hear how it happened in the details, it becomes even more difficult to describe. NSU was down 29 points in the second half. They were down almost 30 in the second half and forced overtime. Now, in in basketball, right, you know, everyone's going to make a run. It's a game of runs. Being down 29 isn't like they made a run, we made a run, and we're going to overtime. If you make the comeback from being down 29 to force overtime, I would, I, I don't have any stats in front of me, I would bet you win that game like 80% of the time. Because the other team just has to be doubting themselves. You just gave up a near 30-point lead. You have to be so in the groove. You're so in the mix. You're going to overtime. And and I bet the team that just forced OT after being down big wins that game 80 or 90% of the time. And I'm sure NSU was going into that that overtime thinking that exact way, right? Like, we got them right where we want them. They can't handle us. We figured it out. We're clicking. And they lost by one. That is up, 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 down, 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 up, 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 down, 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 up, down, up, down, up, 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 down, 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 down. Like just an absolute roller coaster. Chris Bankston showed the heck up, right? Because you look at college basketball, so much of it is two things. One, it's your stars and it's your upperclassmen. So we'll we'll talk about one of the star upperclassmen in a second because that one's more of a mystery. But Chris Bankston is no mystery. 29 points, 12 rebounds, toss and assist to the big guy as well. Picked up one. Two steals, three blocks. That is a stat sheet stuffer. 29, 12, 1, 2, and 3. That's a great game. for, And he shot a high percentage, and he was the best player on the court, and, and, and all of the things we expect from him, he did. So even more so, it's a bummer that they lost that game because you can't celebrate the the intestinal fortitude it took to come back from 29 down as a team. You can't celebrate the 29 points scored, 12 rebounds, and full stat sheet from Chris Bankston because after a loss, all of that doesn't doesn't look as good. Right? We talk with coaches, right? After a loss, not only can the the good not be as celebrated, but like food doesn't taste as good. Your favorite movie isn't as funny as it once was. Your music isn't as catchy as it normally is. And you can't help but wonder, were they, I don't know, one defending MEAC player of the year short of pulling out that win comfortably? Joe Bryant Jr. didn't play. And... I've searched a few times today to see if it I can't find a reason why. Matter of fact, when you when you search for his name and you put up the alerts and you go diving, there was a ton of like articles that came out 2-3 hours before the game that <laughs> were like titled Joe Bryan Jr. leads Norfolk State into a critical matchup against North Carolina Central. And I'm like, nope. Or he was there, but he he wasn't dressed. He wasn't in uniform. Now, That guy averages 17.6 points per game, 4.3 rebounds, and 3.4 assists, and shoots over 37% from three. I can't help but wonder he might have been worth or or he might have been able to account for a point in overtime, Maybe, maybe a bucket in overtime. Either he would score or he would prevent the other team from scoring, and that would have been the difference. Now, like when a player misses a game, you 
assume some things, right? You assume he's hurt. That's kind of what I, what I assume. But that's something to watch, right? If he's hurt or if he's being held out for another, like we we don't know anything. Like it's a, it's a mystery. I don't want to assume uh, any. Like I don't want to to report anything because I don't have anything to report. But his availability going into the last regular season game and the MIAC tournament becomes the number one thing that will determine my expectations for the Norfolk State Spartans. I'm a big Chris Bankston fan. I love that he shoots the ridiculously high percentage that he shoots. I'm a big Coach Jones fan, right? And we've talked to him. Uh, I like the, his how he handled the his offseason. I like that he was able to convince some guys that probably could have moved on and gone to play at least professionally overseas to come back. Like I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of what they have going on, but I understand especially as a mid-major, if you have a player that is a conference player of the year, a lot of what you do as a team depends on that guy being there. And and again, I can't help but but assume that the 29-point deficit, part of that was they were trying to figure out how to play without the, the, the sun to their solar system, which is Joe Bryant Jr. And eventually, I mean, they have a lot of, a lot of uh, talent around Joe Bryant Jr. as well. Um, eventually, that talent kind of figured, out, figured it out and they they staged that epic comeback to force overtime but um our antennas should be up for the spartans future on joe bryant's availability now if he plays against howard right and they just were looking at it and said you know we have a couple days off after this nc central game let's let's you know get him right and get him an extended break going into the final regular season game in the conference tournament and he plays and he plays well and he doesn't look hampered no big deal we move on but it's something to watch and by the way, that would be for almost any team in college basketball, right? If, you're, if your best player or your most accomplished player suddenly is not in the, the lineup for a game, my antennas would go up for every team. It's not, that's not a, a singularly Norfolk State thing. It's the 757 at 6, Priority Auto, Sports Radio, 94.1. Follow us on Instagram. Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1 on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN Radio, 941 on Twitter. All of our social media brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. Hey, let's get lit. What does that have to do with anything? I don't know. Sometimes I do think, uh, like, because that's just my voice recorded from a previous year that you have on a button, but there's there's nothing that says that's not me saying it right now. So, like, sometimes I th- I wonder if when you you hit that, like, hit it. Hey, did you see my TikTok? If if people aren't like, why did he just randomly say that in the we middle? We blend deep blue. Exactly. Like, I, I guess I should start talking at the same time. It's possible to make it obvious. But that you also have no idea when I'm going to press it. Hey, bah. let's get lit. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna scream. It's the seven five seven at six Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. Back with more after this. All over Hampton Roads. For the best in local high school and college sports talk, it's the 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 757 at 6, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I'm Tim Donnelly. Robbie Vogler here also. Um, <laughs> this is just, just an observation, but does it feel like to anybody else, like Ron Rivera and Taylor Heineke are like, Looking at each other from from across a crowded room, batting eyelashes at each other. Ron Rivera spoke to the media earlier today uh, at the combine, which is what coaches do. There's like there's reserved media time, 
So he he didn't schedule a like a a press conference out of the blue. Um but he said some things that that raised some eyes about their quarterback situation. Um he said, "Hey, Sam Howell's not our starter. He's our quarterback one." Which sounds a bit like he's our starter right now, right? Like he he is atop the depth chart, which someone should remind him um they only have one quarterback right now him he's quarterback one two and three if you wanted to get technical with it so saying he's not the starter means like we're not we're not putting him as the starter for week one we're saying he's quarterback one well you only have one so so you're not saying anything there uh and then ron so so that was kind of like the wording was big news i was like whoa i thought he was the starter and then, and then Rivera went on to say, we're still planning on bringing in a veteran to compete for the job. And he insinuated that Taylor Heineke would be in consideration. If you go back to, to the week leading up to the Super Bowl, Taylor Heineke on the Pat McAfee show, uh, when, when McAfee asked, he was a very leading question from McAfee. He said, uh, how, like, how excited are you to get out of Washington? He was like, oh, you know, I might go back. It's, it feels like they're they're just loudly saying they're available to each other and wanting the other to ask them to to hang out, right? Like they're they're batting eyelashes, going, "Oh no, I have nothing to do Friday night. Oh, I am free Friday night also. Oh, I also did you see the movie that came out? I just I really liked that movie. I liked the the actor in it. Oh, I love that movie also. And and still free Friday night." But neither wants to be the one to like officially ask the question, right? Neither wants to be like, you want to go see the movie with me on Friday? They're both just going to talk vaguely near each other until finally one of them builds up the courage. I would have, like, to be honest with you, I probably would have been asking questions similar to McAfee. I would have assumed that relationship was donezo. And I've said, I've said this right here on, on this, uh, on, on this program, right? I, the fact that they're both considering it is, is a, masterclass and understanding that it is a business and you can't take anything personal because if Taylor Heineke took anything personal, when, when the Washington commanders say, Oh, we're still in consideration. Uh, we're still going to consider him. He would, he would immediately get to the nearest microphone and say, you can stop considering me, but that's not what he's doing. And that's not what the team is doing. Right? Because Taylor Heineke in that same interview said, I did not like the way that they communicated with me about who was starting in many of the situations that took place this past week or this past season. And in a lot of situations, if a player starts talking bad about the coaches or the, the administration or whatever, they're not like, you know what? I'm super jacked up to bring that guy back in a non-superstar role. Like if you're, you know, an MVP candidate, sure, you can you, you have a longer leash. But if you're somebody that we're bringing in to compete for a job, you better not be talking bad about us in the offseason. But it seems like both sides of this equation have found a way to say, it's not personal. You're talking, I didn't like the way you treated me, but it's not personal. Right? And the team's saying, I didn't like the way you talked about us, but it's not personal. Maybe they're both just really excited. To, like, maybe they have a pact. How about this? Conspiracy theory time? What if Rivera and, and Heineke got together and, and they, you know, clandestine meeting, right? Hood up, uh, nondescript hat and sunglasses on, and they said, hey, guess what? 
I don't like answering all these questions about the stuff going on with the ownership and the business side of, of Washington. How about we give them something to talk about? Like, how, how about we just start saying like, oh, what if you come back? Oh, what if I come back? And then that's what our questions will be about for the next couple of days. And that'll prevent us from having to answer questions about Dan Snyder. Deal. Now, make sure you're not followed on the way out. They go full like uh, like a spy movie on them. I, I, I don't know what the motivation is. All I know is, again, ODU legend, Taylor Heineke, um, his career has been transformed since he, he became the COVID emergency quarterback in Washington, which is how this kind of whole thing started out. And it, it doesn't look like as much of a guarantee that he's going to go spread his wings and play in another city. He might end up right in that same spot where his career was was reinvigorated and and hey that's probably I mean that's good for Washington. I mean it's good for ODU because Washington is one of the regional regional teams. So you know the the visibility in the area is is very good. And also you know A A B R always be recruiting. It's much more like like if he goes and plays for Seattle or something, it's significantly less likely that a ODU recruit is somewhere in the Pacific Northwest right now that would be able to watch him or or you know know of his status on the roster. Meanwhile, in Washington, ODU can easily recruit Northern Virginia or you know people that are fans of the Commanders all the way down like right here in our own backyard. So uh, you know if if Taylor is thinking of ODU find a way to make it work with with Washington I guess but either way uh Ron Rivera said they are still considering him for that veteran job and he said he wants it to be a competition uh that that Sam Howell doesn't have the job locked up so I mean if Heineke hears that you'd think if, if, if it's a legit competition if he's willing to trust that team I don't know if there's many opportunities out th- out there for him to get a uh even close to remotely fair shake at the starting job so feel free to to do with that what you will also might be like a fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you situation. And I think I flipped those, but uh, you know what I'm saying. Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Ah, I was not as quick on the draw that time, Robbie. Uh, on Instagram, we are Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. On Twitter, we are ESPN Radio 941. That's at ESPN Radio 941 social media brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. Twitter. Podcast page. Take care of y'all chicken. Priority Auto Sports Radio. 941.com is a podcast page. Uh, Robbie's going to be back after the break to round out the show with something we call Robbie's Roundout. I will be back tomorrow following the women's basketball game. ODU women's basketball tips off at 3 o'clock, broadcast at 2.30 right here on 94.1. Immediately following that, we will have whatever's left of the Tim Donnelly show, uh, then 15 minutes roughly of the 757 at 6, and that will be followed by Providence basketball. And they're playing someone that I I can't remember. Uh, The ODU men play on Thursday at 6, broadcast 5.30. Against the winner of Georgia State, Texas State, they play tonight at eight thirty. And I think for to end the show, I actually said all of that correct for once. You did. Uh, uh, so Robbie's going to close out the show next. Stick around until tomorrow. Have a great night. The clock is running out on the seven five seven at six. That means it's time for Robbie's roundup. Or oh, wait a minute, it's Robbie's round about.
or Robbie's Roundout. Whatever he's calling it today, here's Robbie Vogler on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. That's right. This is the 757 at 6 Robbie's Roundout, rounding out your Tuesday edition. And, and before we get into the ODU women's basketball, which we are going to dive into because they lost last Friday, kind of messed up their seating either way, they play tomorrow right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio. Uh, kickoff, not tick, uh, tip-offs at 3, broadcast, believe, uh, starts at 2.30. Right here, you can hear every single moment of that right here on, on the Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. But before I do that... I know I saw everything going on on social media. My Facebook was blowing up. Twitter was blowing up. I'm pretty sure Virginia Beach was trending worldwide for a, for a, a quick second. The President of the United States, Joe Biden, was in town doing something for something. I don't know what it was. I don't really care what it was. This is a sports show, not a political show. We're not getting into it. But I saw a lot of people complaining about the traffic and how 264 was like backed up. I'm sure it's still backed up. If you are in that backup, I apologize. But let's be honest. What Tuesday are you just driving home and you don't get backed up in traffic? I love the 757. I love this area. Virginia Beach in general is traffic city. I mean, I was coming back from, this isn't even Virginia Beach, I was coming back from the peninsula a few weeks ago. And I, I got stuck in three hours of traffic at the HRBT. I'm trying to be relatable with all of you out there. I understand how, how much it stinks. It was right in the middle of your day. I'm sure it, it made you mad. But let's relax for a little bit. Traffic is, is, is awful anywhere you go, especially here in the 757. We can all relate to it. We all get upset about traffic here, there, wherever. Traffic's frustrating. I get it, and I'm sorry that you had to go through that. That being said, next time, because I'm sure I'm sure Joe's listening. I mean, I know he's a sports fan, so I'm sure he's listening as he is, you know, if he's still in the area. Why wouldn't you be listening right here? Joe, I got I got some advice for you. Next time you come into town, just just take a helicopter. There are fields everywhere in this area. There are football fields you can land. Channel 10 does the the Friday Night Lights. Take a chopper and just land it in some random field and then go to wherever you need to be. You don't have to take up traffic, maybe some air traffic, but people get delayed all the time at the airport. It's okay. It It would be a little bit less hectic, I believe, if you took your helicopter and just flew it in, and it would be cool. You get the cool, you know, TikToks, people TikToking, you know, the, the video and all that stuff. I'm just saying some advice. Whenever I go to private events that I'm hosting or if I go to an event that I'm, you know, I'm the MC of, I always take a helicopter. It's just better for logistics. I park it on the beach. I go to my event. If I have to take an Uber or something to wherever I'm going, if it's not near the beach, I do it. But you know what? Taking a private chopper, much better than just driving. I promise you, especially here in the 757, anytime I go to host some exclusive event for, for billionaires and millionaires and, and for the people, I take my I take a, a helicopter wherever I'm going. That that's just I'm just letting you know that's the way to travel here in the 757. All right, so now that that's out of the way, I talked way too long about traveling here in the 757, but it's relatable. Everybody deals with it. 
We're going to move on. The ODU women lost to Coastal Carolina on Friday night. A brutal loss. And brutal, maybe not the right word. It was a tough loss. If they were to win that game, they probably would have been a top four seed. Now they are not. They're outside that top four, which means they they lose the double bye. They play tomorrow at 2.30. If they win tomorrow against Georgia State, they they go out and they play on, on Friday. Same time, same place. You can hear every game of the ODU men's and women's basketball team during the Sunbelt Conference tournament and really the entire postseason right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are your home, the flagship, whatever you want to say. The the one issue that I, I want to point out, I was going over the box score and, and things of that nature, personal fouls. I mean, ODU... They found they had 26 personal fouls against Coastal Carolina. They had a nine-point lead going in. I mean, they, they had a pretty comfortable lead going in to about halfway through the third quarter. And then Coastal just kind of took off. They, they got hot at the right times. But the, the thing that, that I noticed in looking at the box score, ODU only the entire game attempted 13 free throws. Made eight of them. I would like to see that percentage a little bit up like we've been talking about all season, but that's not where the issue lies. Coastal Carolina's free throw. They had 35 free throw attempts. They shot 80%, 28 of 35. That's 28 free points that you just handed the Chanticleers during the game. That can't happen. When you look at the stats and you pretty much are beating them in every single statistical category, the free throws and the personal fouls, that can't happen on a regular basis. And I don't see that being a constant problem for the for the Monarchs going forward this postseason. And the reason I say that, this is one of the first games that, that this has been a problem. And of course, yes, it's the last regular season game. You don't want to become a habit of it because it could cost you at the end of the day. And I understand. But I also want to to make it clear that this team's very aggressive. Maybe they were trying some things out. Maybe they were trying to do a little bit, you know, here and there aggressively when they were on the court. And this stuff is going to happen. I don't like to see it happen. Obviously, I want them to be in control of the game throughout the entire game. And I think they should have. But I mean, the other when the other team is attempting 35 free throws, 20 more than you are. You're handing them the win on a silver platter, and I don't like that. I don't like when, when ODU hands the victory over to a to an opponent that shouldn't have gotten the victory. I mean, come on. Anyway, all that to say, tomorrow, 2.30, they got is when the, uh, the broadcast starts right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. A tip-off is, is at right around 3 o'clock. Should be a good game. Georgia State. Not sure how they got into the tournament. I mean, they weren't that good this year. But again, they are a team that has played ODU good all season. You look at the the games they played, they've held them close in both games. You don't want to be going into this game saying, hey, this is going to be an easy victory because there are no such things as easy victories in in the month of March. And if you haven't looked at a calendar recently, tomorrow is the first day of March. Madness happens immediately starting tomorrow. 
And it's already happened. It's been happening for a long time. That's going to wrap things up for the 757 at 6. Like Tim said earlier, we'll be back tomorrow for right after the broadcast. And then, of course, for whatever the uh, is left of the 757 at 6 and the Tim Donnelly show going right into that, uh, that basketball game right here at 615. But, yeah, so uh, make sure you uh, to stay tuned. Keep that dial right here to 94.1 Priority Auto Sports Radio forever because we got you the best content. We got the best stuff going on right here on this station, and we don't want you to miss a, a, a single second of the action. That's going to wrap things up for Tim Donnelly. I'm Robbie Vogler saying so long. Have a great night until tomorrow. Later.